When life throws you a curveball, how are you going to handle adversity? Welcome to the Fearless Mindset Podcast, where you're about to go on a journey as I interview security, business, and entertainment leaders on what it takes to stay fearless. I'm your host, Mark Ludlow, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Fearless Mindset. And today we're going to do a unique podcast. I know you guys are used to these Navy SEAL, Dean Stott, you know, Special Forces guys and all that. We love those guys and gals. But today we're going to twist it up a little bit. We're in the Christmas season and we have a very special guest today. Yeah, I'm in his studio. It's his studio. It's Chris's Decker studio, but we're in his studio with all the the, the, the Chris Decker experience. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris has built Cellscast. And with his uh, uh, former co-founder, and uh, now he's now the sole owner of the company, and uh, he's running the ship now, and uh, he's been through a lot of stuff to get here. You'd think it overnight success, but it hasn't been for him. And but he has a powerful story, and being that we're going into the Christmas season, I felt that the audience would love to hear your story on. What it's like to, you know, everybody deals with stuff during the holidays. I even dealt with it, you know, grieving with my parent, losing both my parents, you know, it sucked, but it's part of life. And we all deal with depression, anxiety, substance abuse, all that type of thing. And uh, Chris is not shy about his testimony. And uh, I felt that you have such a powerful story that the audience would love to hear your story. And here's Chris Decker joining me in his own studio. So this is kind of a unique conversation, but I think it needs to be told. Thanks for coming on to my show in your studio. I'm right here, Mark. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. I've been ready. <laughs> I've been ready. <laughs> Just waiting for the invite. It's been years. It's been years, two years. <laughs> yeah. But what is your mental bandwidth like now that you've been sober? For how, how long now? You've been sober for a while. It'll be four years in March. Wow. What is your clarity of mind like now? <clears throat> That's a great question. Is that in life, it's inevitable that there will be pain, uncertainty, and hard work. Those three things are constants. And in childhood, and especially earlier on, uh, we can get hurt. Others can hurt us, whether or not it was our fault. And those hurts lead to uh, thought patterns and survival mechanisms that help us reconcile life and make sense of it all. And it helps keep us safe and protected. And then from those things which are called hangups, that can lead to habits, which a lot of habits you could say are good habits. Is exercise a good habit? Not if it's coming at the expense of your family mm. and you're spending six hours a day 
ignoring your family training for something. Obsession. Would you say that's a good habit? <clears throat> right. Would you say it's a bad habit? I don't know. But sometimes our habits become destructive. And those habits um, are usually what become the thing that someone says, you need to get help. Or uh, I had a moment of clarity and I just decided I'm never going to drink again. Like God delivered me from that. Uh, but it's usually based on something really external, something that has the, the problem is being caused the, 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 because now I'm harming other people with this destructive habit. Or they see that I'm harming myself continually with this destructive habit. My life has become unmanageable because of these destructive habits. And we need to, to, to dig back and it's not just, okay, I've, I'll be sober for four years in March. Um, like that's the thing like, Oh, what is my mental bandwidth? Like, well, actually that was the first layer. Hmm. That was the first layer praying that God would remove this destructive habit of alcohol, sex and pornography addiction, addiction to other people through the form of codependency, um, um, addiction to anger and rage was destroying everything. And my, my quality of life was completely destroyed. Mm. Um, and my life was completely unmanageable. So I would say, you know, mental clarity today has only come from looking at what are those hangups? What are those uh, patterns that I developed underneath those habits? What are these different belief systems that I created in order to survive? And then even deeper, what were those original hurts that happened? And can I learn to forgive them? Mm. And only when I'm able to, when I can learn to forgive and pull out those thorns, um, is that sort of mental clarity that you're talking about truly possible. I've experienced the mental clarity and I'll end my rant in a second. I've experienced the mental clarity by experimenting with new age things, coaching. I, I, I love you, Tony Robbins. I love the environment that you create and you've helped me shake free from a lot of this stuff. Hmm. But the permanent lasting change comes from the deep excavating work of, uh, uh, of, of, a fearless moral inventory, which they, they talk about in the program. That is deep. <clears throat> wow. Very deep. But you said a key thing. You had to forgive some people. Was that giving you, was that giving you strength or power back? What, what happened when you started the forgiving process? What, what happened in your mind and your heart during that process? Well, okay. My mom, um, brought me in and out of her meth dealer's house when I was growing up as a, as a little kid. After my mom and dad divorced, mm -hmm. I had seen him get taken away to jail. I never really saw him again after that. All I knew was that he was a destructive person. Mm -hmm. And my mom was just so angry at me because she reminded me of my father. Mm -hmm. um, almost anything I did would set her off and she would just beat the shit out of me. Just physically, physically, when she bloody. was on meth or in a manic episode from bipolar, um, just, yeah. just, just absolutely on, on rail on me. How old and were you? Brought us into really 
unsafe situations. How old are you at this age? Zero to nine. So she's like beaten, bloody. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a kid, and she's wow. she's just like kicking me around the house, like like wow, smack black eyes, like you know, and um, I suppose. Where 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 are, we, where are we going down this train of thought? <laughs> I'm just listening. You're just sharing your story. You know. What was your question? What was that like? Did she beat you to the pulp? Did, was she beating you up bloody at a, what age? Was this happening at? I mean, this is this creating PTSD on you at a young childhood so, age. Okay, but how how do you forgive? Um, does how do you forgive those kinds of hurts? I don't know. Like there are easier things to forgive. Like sure. I remember I shoplifted from a Trader Joe's Okay. and I, I was made to bring back the stickers that I stole from the Trader Joe's and apologize to the manager and the manager forgave me. That was pretty easy. That's a pretty easy act of forgiveness. Like you have this kid, mm. he brings back the, yeah. the stickers that he stole and he's, he looks remorseful and like, okay, I forgive you. There's, there's like easy forgiveness, mm -hmm. but then there's like really hard forgiveness. You, you can, I can say, I forgive you mom all day long, but it means nothing. It's surface level. Mm -hmm. What forgiveness does is um, imagine this. By being resentful at somebody and carrying that and, and saying, I'm mad at my dad for abandoning us, or I'm mad at my mom for beating the shit out of me. Um, and now I want uh, retribution. I want justice. I want her to feel the same pain she caused me. And I think inside of all of us is we want that kind of justice we want others to pay for what they did to us because that's the that's the the right thing it's the eye for an eye tooth for a tooth it's it's by the law you know if you murder somebody then you are going to go in prison for the rest of your life that is justice we want justice to be served what true forgiveness is actually doing is because in this process of holding on to all this anger and wanting this justice is I've been un, unable to recognize, for instance, in my mother, all the changes that she's made. She's been sober for like 15 years. Wow. She's been working on herself. <clears throat> she has a college degree. She's like her literal job is working and, and serving homeless people like on, but I'm still stuck with my mom in the past. So sure. I'm drinking this poison every day expecting her to get hurt wow. i am drinking this poison of resentment expecting her mm -hmm. to get hurt in the name of this justice so what forgiveness is doing is it almost has absolutely nothing to do with her forgiveness sets my heart free <laughs> forgiveness sets my heart free so i'm no longer drinking this poison wow and it, i can let it go and i and i relinquish my right to justice so you're giving away the power you're releasing the power of retribution by doing that. There's um, a book that I recently read called The Language of Deep Forgiveness. And I and I had Dr. Alan Gee. He spoke at one of my events at Saddleback Church mm -hmm. that I was hosting. Yeah. And he poses this question. How do you forgive the unforgivable? Mm. How can a, um, a, a Jewish person who was in a concentration camp forgive their oppressor that killed the rest of their family? Yet, there have been countless occurrences where 
those that were able to come to a place of forgiveness and release, release this have finally been able to move on with their lives. By staying in this place of unforgiveness, we stay stuck in everything. True. We cannot move forward. So the only way to forgive the unforgivable, there's a secret to it, is that you have to recognize the existential nature of the thing happening. My mom beat the shit out of me. That happened. Mm -hmm. I cannot deny the existence of that. That being said, am I, can I um, existentially forgive and, and, and can, can I existentially accept that? Which means, can I just accept that this thing happened? And can I also at the same time recognize that according to my faith, um, Christ died for my mom too, and God forgives her. And so can I also um, existentially accept the morally unacceptable? Do I have to be okay with that? No. Can I let go of my need for, for justice? Yes. Do I have to forget what she did? No. See, a lot of people think forgiveness means forgetting. True. Have you ever had this happen in your life where, you know, Oh, well, I thought you forgave me. Why are you bringing that back up? Or why, why, um, you know, why is that still a thing? I thought, I thought we could just put this all behind us. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Um, and so the, the way to move past this is to say, even though you deserve to have the shit beaten out of you, I'm going to let that go, even though I deserve that and it would be the right thing to do. I am letting go of my ability to get the justice that I feel like I deserve. And, um, and that is the way forward from that is to let go of that. Mm -hmm. And then now, once I can get to that place of just comprehending the pain and, and, and kind of getting past this mental paradox, I can now say, I, 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 I wish the best for you. And, and, and I, 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 I want to see God's blessing in your life because the Bible says to pray for your enemies. That means to wish them the best. That means even if, um, somebody killed your whole family, mm. that we are to pray for them. Even the guy that killed our whole family, mm. we need to pray for them. And and to wish God's grace and blessing on their life. Only then can can the words, I forgive you, mean anything if we're willing to let go of that desire for justice and to actually wish them the best and to wish God's grace and blessing upon their life. Do you ever get moments of, <clears throat> of rage that come over you from getting triggered something Something happens. Say you have some stress going on with the business, and uh, something's not going your the way you want it, and then all of a sudden something triggers. It takes you back to being a kid, and your mom just beating the pulp out of you, and you got a bloody nose or something bloody, and you just have a flashback. How do you overcome that? Um, The only way to overcome that is constant accountability and doing things that are outside of mm. my comfort zone. Wow. Last week I went to a rage room. Mm-hmm. I saw that on LinkedIn. That was pretty cool. <clears throat> so practically what that is, is 
there was this environment where I had on this full protective gear and a helmet and a sledgehammer. And there was a computer monitor. There was an old kid's toy, like a Etch-a-Sketch type thing, uh, a dining room chair, a lamp post, glass bottles. And I just started smashing this stuff. And the, the toy reminded me of my mother in this childhood that I felt that she had robbed me of. The dining room chair reminded mm. me of someone else that I had been resentful of. And to be able to physically express that anger and to yell in an environment where it's safe to do so, it's not safe for me to start smashing things inside of my living room. No, no. Right. And to flip tables and to, and to scream. And yeah. that's what leads to people getting arrested sure but these emotions need to be fully expressed somehow wow like okay. we need to express the physicality of our emotions which are locked up mm. in our bodies interesting and that happens through movement physiology mm. there's wow. um the uh, there's a there's a a a, a triad of emotional state mm -hmm. um which is Focus, so what you're thinking about, language, the words that you choose, and physiology, which is your physical body. The fastest way to change your state, which is the quality of your life, is to change your movement. That's the fastest way. Have you ever heard that. somebody fake it till you make it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I always hear that one. If I were to start uncontrollably laughing, and because of your mirror, mirror neurons, you start uncontrollably laughing. If I'm if I have dark thoughts racing around in my head and mm -hmm. I need to go outside to take a walk to clear my head, think about what we're doing. We are changing physiologically the state that our body is in by getting into movement. Once we start that walk, by the end of the walk, the thoughts are not there. Why is that? You clear your head out after that. How work. did that clear the head? Like you said, it was the movement. The movement, right? Exactly. And it was interesting that you bring that up because uh, Ben Corson also discussed this on the podcast two years ago. Same thing. He said the best therapy is exercise. Goes for a mile walk every morning, and it does something psychologically to, to the body and what you described, the uh, biology behind it and the chemistry behind it. It all works like magic. And that comes full circle today. You're, you're explaining what Ben Corson explained on one of his talks because he tried committing suicide a couple of times. And he's a, a pastor down up in there in Southern Oregon. And it's very ironic and how full circle this has come. And so many people are dealing with this issue right now. You're thinking about suicide because it's the Christmas holidays. Someone just broke up with you or... You're getting divorced and, you know, you're going to the bottle to fill that void in your soul. And you're realizing, oh, it doesn't fill the void. What else do I do? But the extra substance, I mean, you've dealt with all that and you come so far. So there's the, there's the science of what's happening in depression. Mm -hmm. And then there's also some of the, what the Bible has to say about um, spending time with family. Which one do you want to cover first? The other first. The family sounds really wholesome. <laughs> Here's what the Bible has to say about family. Um, Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, 
and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm, powerful. Even as Christ has forgiven you. So, yeah, you know, when Uncle George doesn't take out the trash mm-hmm. on Christmas and it triggers something and you want to go Kill fly him. off the handle, mm-hmm. you have to recognize, like, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Here's another one. Here's a really hard one. Is this applies um, to our parents. Exodus 20, 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. If you want to live a long, happy, and fruitful life, experience God's blessing, honor your father and your mother. How can I honor a father and mother that were so abusive to me? That's hard. That's a big one to overcome mentally. And then those that are in in marriages, this one applies to our spouses. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I heard something recently. The the one of the biggest causes for divorce is actually um, how do I put this? A an inability to rewrite the script, an inability to. Um, reset goals and go through it again because it's more convenient to go find a new spouse than it is to change or grow. Wow. What a trip. Didn't think about that. So here, here is, but here's the truth. Like, are, are you the, the spouse that God gave you the, the lie that we believe is that, Going to find somebody else will fix our lives. We, mm-hmm. we believe the lie that somebody else will fix our lives. And, and that's, that's why people will, that's why I went toward pornography. That's True. why I went to strip clubs. Okay. That's why I was in, uh, engaged in infidelity is I believe the lie that, um, this this hole that was in my heart would be filled with uh, other women. I believe the lie. But here's what the Bible has to say here about, mm-hmm. about marriage. Um, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. It's saying, it's not saying become your husband's uh, slave. Uh, this has been misconstrued. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. It means submit to God first. This is a priority thing. Submit to God first. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Um, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. This is a trust issue. Mm -hmm. Don't like it. This has to do with trust. husbands this is for the guys love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her and he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such things but that she 
should be holy and without blemish. Do you know how much Christ cared about the church? That we should treat our wives as Christ treated the church? As Christ loved the church? Loves the church? That, that, that means that my wife is willing to be sacrificed for. My wife is my 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 wife is 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 worth going through it for. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. If we're gonna hurt our spouse, we are literally hurting ourselves. That that emotional wound that we're causing them is only hurting ourselves. True. And so by by lashing out in anger at our spouses or, um, you know, there's really two kinds of ways to be angry. There's anger externally. And, you know, these kinds of people, mm-hmm. they let everybody know that they're angry. Right. They flail <clears throat> about, they mm-hmm. throw shit, they are, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they use all kinds of curse words and they yell. But then there's the retreating anger. There's there's the anger of I'm going to go lock myself in a room and drink or I'm going to lock myself in a room and and binge watch two seasons of something on Netflix. And so there's a retreated anger like Mm. a turtle in a shell. And then one day, the one that retreated and tried to get over it, got in their car and listened to angry music and tried to get over it, they eventually come back and they explode. Wow. The external one just exploded a little faster. Okay. Um, well, here's something the audience doesn't know about you, Chris, is at one time you didn't believe in God. Remember? A long yeah. time ago. So the, he's the, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, he's a Bible thumper, Chris at one time did not have a faith. He did not. He told, he told his wife, you'll never catch me in your church. I don't know if that was the word you use. I heard it that you said, you'll never find me in a church. And you, you're what, atheist? And agnostic, what would you call it back then? Um, I would say new age spiritualist. Okay. On a, on airing on the side of atheism, but choosing to think that there's a possible universal force guiding everything. Got it. <clears throat> you just didn't want to hear about it. <clears throat> you want to know about it. <clears throat> Is that kind of what happened? I didn't want to think that God wanted anything to do with me. Like, why me? You know, oh, I, okay. I, even atheists can pray. Even, even the most evil people in the world can pray. Um, and so I, I prayed and I asked for things when I needed them because it, we just have this, we all have eternity in our hearts. We, when we're when we're down and out, even the most uh, even the most rugged man in the heat of battle, about to about to possibly face his own death, will pray. True. And and and, and they might even joke. Well, if there is a God, could you watch out for me? Like it might be in a joke or in jest, but there's 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 something inside of us that that um knows 
How about, how about if you're, say, the person listening to this podcast, it may be an atheist. Maybe they don't believe their life is worth living. Maybe they want to commit suicide during the holiday season because they just broke up with whatever. They lost their job or get laid off. How do you talk to that person who doesn't want to believe in God, but contemplating committing, taking their own life? How do you, how do you reach out to that person that might be listening during the holiday season? <clears throat> I remember hitting my rock bottom and I'd been sued in business. I had um, messed up a contract for a client and they lost revenue from their website. Wow. And wow, um, four heavy. years later, I got sued. Ooh. And I thought that I had escaped it. And I had, here I am. Now I have this six figure lawsuit against me. Six figures. I'm, I'm living a double life. I am working for criminal clients, making money from criminals. I am um, going to strip clubs behind my wife's back. You're married. I had engaged in infidelity. I was married at the time. Wow. I had racked up a ton of credit card debt and not told her about it. And um, I w- I'd been living this double life. Mm. And I, I, cons- I, I, wanted, I wanted out. I wanted, to, I wanted to end it all. I was drinking every single day, throughout the day, at night, whatever. And, and letting my anger and, and, and sort of wrath consume me. Um, and I, I wanted to commit suicide. I was like, there's no way, but there was a, there still was a small voice inside me that, that I was guided to give it one more shot. And if anything, I came to the realization that I needed to at least tell my wife what had happened and what was going on, the truth. So that she had the option to leave me before I killed myself. Wow. You have the option to go move on with your life before I do this. How did Taylor handle that? I didn't tell her that part. Got it. Got it. But I came home and I couldn't live with this concrete wall that had formed around my heart any longer. Mm, unbearable. And so I would say it came from a very selfish place of needing to unload and unburden myself of, of what I had done and all this mess that I'd created and drug into our marriage. And so in, in a, in a couple of like sit in a, the first sitting, I barely scratched the surface, mm. but it still was enough information where if she had said, get out, she would have been justified. Sure, sure. But the opposite happened is she, she said, let's get on our knees physically. Remember physiology. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we knelt by our bedside. Wow. And put our faces to the floor. And I don't remember what she prayed. Mm. Were you a believer at this point in time? Like no. Her? No, you weren't. No. Interesting. So listen to this, folks. Listen and so, closely and, to this. And she, she prayed. And I didn't know what she was saying. But I'm like, uh, I just told her all this stuff and she's not angry at me yet. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep rolling with this because my heart deeply, after I admitted these things, like I did want to turn around. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to live in this pain anymore. Right. And, and, and we went to sleep. 
wow, you went to sleep. She prayed. You don't have a faith. You don't believe in God. You're agnostic. And she both got on the knees. You made that physiological decision to get on your knees. And then she prayed and you like, you were shocked. Like we went to sleep and you passed out. Yeah. Whoa. I can say you have a very special wife. Yes. And so the only thing I'm truly qualified to talk about is my own story. Absolutely. And so I don't know what to say to you if you are currently considering killing yourself. But all I understand is that there was still a voice inside of me Mm. that guided me to take a courageous step um, for the benefit of somebody else. And it was for her benefit so that she could move on with her life even after I was gone. Because to be a widower, I didn't want to do that to her. Mm. I didn't want to make her a widow. Because that that would be even more devastating, I thought. And so I would encourage you, if you're in that place, to think of what do you need to tell somebody? What sort of unfinished business do you have? Are there... Are there currently any um, are there currently any people that would just be wrecked by you leaving? And, and I remember thinking uh, everybody's better off without me hmm. because I'm such a screwed up and flawed person. I, I know what that feels like. Everybody's better off without me. All I'm saying is consider changing your physiology. Consider going on that walk on the beach. Consider, consider reaching out to that person and making an amends with them and, and I, I consider um, praying, even if you don't believe in God or go somewhere in, in your faith walk, where, wherever that is, you know, this isn't a very Christian pastoral thing to say, but if you're, if you had a Muslim background, try going to a mosque. And, 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 and just go to one service. If you're a Buddhist, go, go to, go to one thing. If, uh, if you're Jewish, go to synagogue one, one more time, just try it. If you, if you want to, if you want to experience what I've experienced in the love and power and hope of Jesus Christ, which has transformed my whole life, walk into a church. I, I guarantee you can find one close by and, um, Ask them to pray over you. Just try it. Just as a, just just try it one time. I remember. Um, um, yeah, just just try it. Wow. So you know, if you're going through the holidays right now, you just heard Chris's story. Everybody struggles with this, and I know the veterans have the highest suicide rate of any industry right now in the United States of America. They're killing themselves daily. You served our country. You are worthy of grace. And if you don't believe, that's fine. You don't have to believe. But like Chris said, just pray. Just try it. Reach out. Because right now, everybody's going through it. Everybody's feeling pain right now across the globe. Everybody's, if you uh, turn off the social media apps and turn that stuff off, Turn off uh, the negative impulses in the news cycles and all that. If it's dragging you down, if it really drives you to drink and all that stuff, 
um, think of other positive in inputs in your brain, positive input, positive output. And I'm a firm believer that. And I think Chris has something he wants to share. I have a tool that I'd like to share. Um, and it's the colors of our mental health and we have green, yellow, and red, like a traffic light. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And if you're green, that means, okay, you're all good. You're in a stable mood. You're feeling hopeful. If you're in the yellow zone, this is like you're in a sad mood, no pleasure in normal activities, your increased irritability, anger, having triggers, no energy, like you're at risk. That's when you really like when once you get to the at risk, then you need you need to you need to talk to somebody. Um, but when you're in red, which is you're overwhelmed by your feelings, you feel hopelessness, you're not eating, you're not sleeping. It could be manifesting in other ways. But like, what are, if you're in red, um, I would like for you to dial 988, just the number 988 send on your cell phone. And that is the suicide prevention lifeline. There are people on the other end of that phone that will love you and care for you and help you get some of the help that you need. And it's one phone call away. If you're in that red zone, there's no shame. And dialing that number, um, maybe the, the 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 last thing you do is you just you give it one more shot, and and all you do is is you just call that number. You can call nine eight eight and hit send, or you can call nine one one. Both are fine. Or if you want to call direct, it's 800-273-8255. There you go. There's a definitely a tool for you guys to use. Text that number. And also, you know, you guys know how to find me on LinkedIn. Um, if you really feel that this uh, podcast touched you in some way or you need help, you're really, you know, this really opened up some emotions. You're balling on the road. You're listening to this. You need help. Reach out. Just reach out. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's fine. I direct message me. I'd be happy for a fellow veteran. We're here for each other, you know. And this one of the reasons why I want to do this is because of Christmas holiday season is the most uh the biggest holiday season where people hurt themselves in and i i know that personally i've experienced it personally chris has experienced it you know he's going he's very active at the saddleback church you're actively involved with that and he's one of the leaders over there now and just think you know but five years ago you didn't even have a faith or anything like that and you have been sober four years it takes a supernatural something to get you through this because we in our own human strength it's impossible to do things on our own human strength and you've experienced that and so i've seen a huge transformation in credit i mean he runs a very successful i'm not going to say what because it's none of nobody's business but he's runs a very successful podcasting uh media company and it, he is proof of look where he came from he just told you where he came from in West, up in West Hall, or no, LA, San Fernando Valley is where he was raised. And, you know, he, he just ex shared with you his story. And, you know, now we're like, what, 20 years later or less? I'm 30. So 20 plus years. Yeah. And now look, he's, he had his own, like, Joe Rogan experience podcast thing. We just had Dean Stout, who's Prince Harry's guy in our studio. And it just proves that if you, Give yourself time and be patient with yourself and have faith in yourself 
and you know have a faith in something some in something um you can achieve whatever your dreams are and what i'm trying to say also is life is too short i've lost two parents in the last 10 years and so this is a I, special for me because I understand how crazy the holidays can get. We get all emotional. We have those bad, you know, experiences with our parents get thrown around when we we're a kid. And, uh, you know, parents are have psychological issues and it's just very dramatic during the holidays and not fun for everybody. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast to reach out to those folks that are just dealing with, you know, tough times in the holidays. It's just, it's rough for a lot of us. And, you know, I'm human too, and we all struggle with things. And that's why I wanted to do the podcast, just to reach out, to offer hope and inspiration and know there are those out here, like Chris and I, here to help you guys out with this show. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having, uh, listening to Chris's story. Very powerful story, I feel. And uh, have a very Merry Christmas this next week. And uh, thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next time. 